Hey everybody, welcome to episode 7 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Collins Mullins, SCG Tour <laughs> mainstay. Uh, I'm Chris Castor-Rapple, and we have a special treat today. Uh, joining us on the line is Collins' Lotus Box teammate, John Rossum. How's it going, John? How's it going? Uh, not too bad. How about, not, how about yourself? Well, pretty pretty good. Probably a little little worse than you. I did not top eight anything this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just par for the course, you know. Um, <laughs> John, uh, John's been getting worse and worse over the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, he had a finals, <laughs> and then he had a quarterfinals, and now this one, or he had a semis, and then now this is just a quarterfinal. So, right. man, come on, yeah, man. Yeah, oh, just, get, <laughs> just getting worse. <laughs> just really disappointed in you. Oh, man, for sure. I'm trying, I'm trying. I punted real bad, so that's probably why I lost. I realized. <laughs> yeah. I messed up real bad. Well, I don't know. I don't think that that's a punt, per se. Uh, you, you made a decision and got punished by... Uh, him having the, the one unknown, yeah. The last unknown was a writ, yeah. yeah. That was that was, uh, yeah. That was a tough pill to swallow. I haven't watched that yet, uh, but I'm gonna watch it later. Wait, I didn't see that. We were on the road and having trouble with internet, so I did not get to see this game. So what? What was so this? essentially? Uh, yeah, John could probably describe it better. Uh, so in game three, like I have like a pretty good hand. I think it's like, I think I kept three lands, relic. Removal spell, cryptic command, snapcaster mage. And this is playing like just got geist against against storm. storm. Yeah, the guy, the guy who won the tournament. Yeah. I just I'm always the bridesmaid. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he casts like gifts, and he like gets like empty the warrens, manamorphose, blood moon gifts, mm-hmm. and he has one card in his hand. And I'm like, I can't give him empty the warrens. Because he has mana floating in his pool. I think he has three red in his pool. Mm-hmm. Just like, can't, or no, he had two red in his pool. I just like, can't give him the empty. And I, oh no, he has no mana. Yeah, yeah, He, he doesn't so have he any no mana, mana, but he, he does have mana. one untapped uh, red source. Yeah, he has one untapped land. Yeah. That's why the ritual punished me. Yeah. And I like was like, okay, so if he doesn't have ritual, I get to untap and hold Cryptic Command up for the rest of the game. So I give him Blood Moon, uh, Manamorphose, and I bin gifts and... Uh, uh, the uh, empty the warrens and he has the ritual. I get punished, and then thinking about it more later, I'm like, well, if I just give him gifts, then if he casts, I just cryptic it, and I still have the snapcaster yeah. mage, right. and I just like strand this card in my hand. I just, I just like literally killed myself when I gave him the blood moon. Yeah, so the punishment was effectively he ha- he used his one untapped red source and the brawl in play to be able to cast his ritual mm-hmm. and then cast the blood moon from hand right. that same turn yeah. that John was tapped out. Right, and with the gifts, yeah. you would have had to get an untap step before doing that. Right. Yeah, I had another basic island in my hand, and I'm thinking to myself, like, well, it's like it's like not the worst if I get blood moon, but then it was like the stone cold worst. I drew all uncastables and just, I just died. Right, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I drew supreme verdicts, and I was like, well, that would have been good if I just like didn't Game of a moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you weren't the good guy, we'd call it justice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So for for those of you who don't know, John, uh, John is a teammate of mine. We kind of met through the formation of Lotus Box. Yeah. Um, I met you through Abe and some other people, and we we actually talked a lot more uh, through the Google Hangouts from the team before we actually met in person. Um, yeah, I think we met at the Envy, right? We is did. We already? met at the Envy. That's yeah, right. Uh, the last Invitational. Yeah, so John is on Team Lotus Box. He's been really crushing all of these tournaments. <laughs> no uh, kidding. <laughs> kind of starting in what? What was um, the tournament you made finals of? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So in Cincinnati, um, that was with White Blue Monument. Yeah, John oh, was playing yeah. Blue White Monument and just kind of crushed the tournament. He went undefeated in the Swiss. His only loss being a concession to our other teammate Zan, so he can make top eight. Um, yep. And then ended up losing the finals to uh, the four color control deck. Uh, well, specifically Dovin Bond. <laughs> I mean, I, I do want to bring I that up. <laughs> Dovin Bond's old, and I don't know if I. I think I, I can beat Dovin's Bond old there. I can't beat Nickel Bolas there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was like a week. It was a week one standard open. Um, yeah, it was a week one standard open. Yeah. Sadly, Monument became really bad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Of red. Right, but specifically, but. you had spellcallers in your deck, and oh. that has become a trend because the next open was a team open. Your team didn't make day two, but you made finals again of the classic with the same Blue Monument deck. Blue yep, Monument and I lost. Deck. I lost to Mono Red. <laughs> right, lost to Mono Red, which ended up coming like kind of like the bane of the format for a little bit. Right. Um, yep. And then you made the next individual open was another modern open. You played Jeskai. It was, it was the first modern open, yep. Yeah, you played Jeskai Geist, made top four, lost to Dan Musser, eventual champion. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then just this past weekend, you also made top eight with the same Jeskai Geist deck and lost to eventual champion in the quarterfinals. Kazunigo. So, wow, what a run. <laughs> yeah, I I, th I think it was you made a joke. It's like, you can only win with Spellclaw in your deck. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, I do want to ask you a little bit about that because um, something that you talked to me, like, even back in Cincinnati, you were like, people just don't know how to cast Spellclaw appropriately. And I think that you've, like, just empirically proven that you do know how to cast Spellcaller. <laughs> so what do you think, like, the most common mistakes are that people make with that card? I think people are too hasty to counter, like, spells that don't matter. Okay. Uh, I think this happens more in Standard than it does in Modern. In Modern, you're kind of, like, I feel like in Modern, you're kind of forced to use it aggressively. Mm -hmm. And I use it really aggressively because I, I like to play the deck as a tempo deck. But, like, especially in Standard, I feel like people just, like, throw it out on spells that really don't matter. And in Standard, you really want to counter high-impact spells. In Modern, it's kind of the opposite because your removal spells are so efficient. Okay. So you want to counter, like, low-impact threats. Unless it's, like, Death Shadow, obviously. Right. And, like, hitting Death Shadow or Snapcaster Mage is always, like, the best. But you're usually looking, like, to hit, like, like the random, like, spells that really don't do a lot. Like, in Jeskai Control, like, for example, I played, like, four Jeskai, like, hard control mirrors. And Spellcaller was always just the last counter spell. Just hits their dispel, and then they're always like they're always like hard pressed. Like they have to like find a removal spell and then time it perfectly with another spell so that spell might resolve. And if I have an R spell card, they just get like punished. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So kind of like two different ends of the spectrum for standard and modern. Whereas yeah, in modern I... modern you're just trying to cast it whenever you have the opportunity. Yep, um, I uh, definitely cast as two, three, flash, or three quite a bit. <laughs> yes, yeah. And the other thing that I noticed is that you cast Snapcaster Mage very aggressively. I saw you casting Snapcaster Mage on turn two pretty frequently, which was interesting yeah, it, to see. I usually do it only against like combo decks. Okay. So like Scape Shift comes to mind. I would have also probably I can't really do it against Storm because my spells are super uh, important. But okay. any matchup where I feel as though the card is going to deal four to six points of damage, I will cast it on turn two. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I, sure. Against Daryl on Scapeshift, that was like, turn one, Sacred Foundry, Bolt you. Turn two, Snapcaster Mage. Turn three, Geistasang Trap. Just like, <laughs> like turn five them. Yeah, the dream <laughs> Yeah, I was describing yeah. that. So you told me that exact situation. 
And then I described that to Dylan as the dream curve, and he just laughed because he's one who just wants to get like the value out of his cards, right? So yeah, casting yeah, yeah. the casting the turn two Snapcaster Mage is is just kind of funny, but you know, following up with a turn three Geist, it just makes sense. So You're much just, damage. Yeah, so much damage so for much sure. Damage. She was at like nine on turn four, and I had a counter spell up and just died. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it really shows the power of a Geist of Saint Traft. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're describing the deck as a more of a Geist deck than anything else. Like people yeah. on, um, like the commentators and everybody was like labeling it as a control deck. But you, mm -hmm. it sounds like you just completely disagree with that. Yeah, I don't really think like the issue is is that like all your cards are like as much as I love Jeskai, all your cards are like medium to like okay. You don't really, like, Electrolyze is, like, okay. Like, Lightning Helix is okay. And, like, Lightning Bolt right now is, like, okay. Okay, Path is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> right. Uh, Geist St. Traft is unbeatable. Oh, right, but, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the thing about the deck is that you have to maximize, like, your spots. And you have to know when to, like, know, like, you're a control deck for, like, turns one through four in some matchups. Mm -hmm. Where you, like, try to, like, remove a few creatures and then, like, play Geist St. Traft or, like, Cryptic Command them. And then you're, like, still this, like, control deck. You're a control deck until, like, you find a spot where you can play Geist and have another spell. And that's when you quickly turn the corner into a, a mid-range, like, mid-range tempo deck. Mm -hmm. Or you play Geist on turn three in some matchups, and you're never a control deck, and you're just trying to kill them on turn five. <laughs> so you're, you're just, like, actively always trying to turn the corner in the deck. Yeah, of I'm course. Hearing. Okay. Yep. There's a lot of spots with the deck where you're just, like, look at your seven... And your sevens like four lands, like Serum Visions, Lightning Bolt, Snapcaster Mage. And you're like, all right, I'll keep. And then you're like, depending on what your turn one opponents play is, is depending on whether or not you're going turn one bolt you or turn two Serum Visions. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, another thing that yeah, I remember you talking a lot about was how you saw a bunch of people play turn one Serum Visions, and how you just like didn't like that. Can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, I think it applies more in Jeskai than it does in Grixis Death Shadow. Okay, yeah, because Grixis, you gotta use all your mana. As, yeah, as Grixis, you're like yeah. trying to like get like piece A, B, and like C or whatever. So like you need you need to like find a second land because like you you a lot of people you'll usually keep like one landers or like Serum Vision Street Wraith. Mm -hmm. So it's like usually you need like a second land. You usually need like your threat or you usually need like a discard spell. So, like, in Grixis Death Shadow makes a lot of sense because you're always missing a piece from your hand, usually. But the thing about Jeskai is, is that all your cards are, like... You're, like, basically playing, like... Your your deck is kind of synergistic, in a sense, where all your removal spells, like, just, like, kind of, like, flow into each other. Mm -hmm. And the issue is, is that, like, casting Serum Visions on turn one is that you don't know whether or not, like, your removal spells are good or you don't know how good your counter magic is or you don't know how good, like... Obviously, like, if you find, like, Geistane Trap, you always leave it on top. But, like... <laughs> But you just usually, like, don't know what you're looking for unless, like, obviously, like, I will cast her on Serum Visions if I don't have a second land. I did that against Todd. But, like, usually your hands are just, like, as I said, four lands, Lightning Bolt, Serum Vision, Snapcaster Mage. And I'm just like, I'm not going to cast the Serum Visions. I have no idea what I need yet. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's definitely a, a very smart point that a lot of people probably get wrong. Uh, maybe just in Magic in general with cantrips. It's that, like, you're, you really, if your objective is to maximize the value of your cantrip then you really need to wait for the spot where it's appropriate and i think that yeah. applies in legacy a lot as well with like ponder or something i'll see uh -huh. like very good legacy players 
um, just sit on a ponder for a couple of turns, like with plenty of mana. But it's just like you know, I have the action that I need right now. You don't know what you're looking you just have for. Have no idea what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's probably a similar concept. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. plenty of mana part of it is really important because, like you said, mm -hmm. with, with Death Shadow, you don't want to get past three lands, which means that you want to spend every single mana every turn if you can. Right, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. The fourth land for Tassiger is like, usually usually when I activate Tassiger, I find myself losing that game. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I don't think I've won a lot of games when I activate Tassiger when I used yeah, to play Activate Tassiger, get the back this thought sees when I'm dead on board. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I understand that. So, I mean, I think it would be kind of interesting, like, like, how did you get into Magic in the first place? And then how did you get into, you know, competitive Magic? Because that's a jump that, you know, for a lot of people takes a very long time, but but you're pretty young, so clearly it didn't take that long for you. Yeah, it's, it's a little weird, because I've been playing Magic for half a decade now. Yeah, it's been like five years, mm -hmm. five, six years. I started when I was like, 13 i think i mentioned this in my uh, player spotlight um that i had on saturday was that uh like my friends in like junior high school were like yeah we're gonna go play magic you want to come join us and i'm like never heard of this game before but i i like nerdy stuff so i was like yeah i'll come down and play i probably will have fun i really enjoyed the game a lot and i like just kept playing more and more of it i still i remember my first deck ever this was like avacyn restored i don't know if any of you play it I don't think Collins did. I, but I, I definitely did. Yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay, so I had this derpy black-red zombies deck. And just, like, I love the card Falconrath Aristocrat. Just, like, an absurd, like, love for the card for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, like, a 4-1 haste for 4. Just, like, attack you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, like, played the deck. It, like, wasn't, like... Obviously, it was, like, a homebrew. So, like, I would just, like, enjoy... I was, like, a ca very casual Magic player. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to, like, my... Actually, my first big event was, like, an open... And I just got like promptly like decimated with my homebrew, <laughs> sure. and I was like, and then like I was like, I want to keep playing Magic, and then, <laughs> then I kept playing, and then like another like event came up. It was like a five k or whatever, like some local five k, and I was like, I want to play a real deck. So I saw that like uh, someone won a GP with Black Red Zombies, just like the Gravecrawler, Knight of Infamy, Geralt's Messenger, Hellrider, Thunder My Hellkite, you deck. Oh, yep. I actually, yeah. I probably know the GP that you're talking about, and I know the player you're talking about. Was it John, John Bolding? Bolding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. John Bolding. So John Bolding is actually a local here to, he lives here in Raleigh, I think, still. Oh, does um, he really? Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a local here. We, we know him. Yeah, so I, like, a few years ago was like, oh, my God, this deck is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, and I, like, played it. Still, technically, I'm still terrible. I and uh, yeah, I like top eight this event somehow. I just run super hot. Like I s go seven zero. I draw on the top eight, and then I'm like, yeah, I really like magic, and now I've been playing magic for forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it only takes one run like that to really hook you. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, uh, you've kind of just like burst up on the scene recently, um, and recently being like the last four weeks or something like that i mean you, you've been doing do you've been doing decent stuff for a while but yeah like, it's like i have like four weeks yeah before like the the mo a month ago it's like i had like a few decent finishes i like the only thing notable to me from like a few months ago like a, a few months yeah like a few months back when i joined the team was like all right i have like multiple i have like a few open top 32s i have like a classic win and i've been to the pt that was it that's yeah, all i had <laughs> yeah um, so, yeah, what do you think you attribute your most recent success to? Uh, all the testing that we do. The, we the do team testing? So, 
so much testing. Yeah, yeah, the team testing, like, in the Google Hangouts, like, we stay up to, like, 3 a.m. or, like, <laughs> yes. super late just playing Magic online. Right. And, like, sure, it's, like, we have, like, uh, it's, like, super fun and, like, obviously, like, sometimes it's, like, trolling because, like, Ralph is just, like, Ralph Patash is, like, really good at magic is also like the biggest troll oh yes for sure no it's, it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah it's like we just like keep playing magic and we're just like trying to get better and like sometimes it's obviously frustrating when you like three to a league or like whatever because of variance but like when you learn a lot and like when you yeah. because oh, of variance 60 percent win rate the worst yeah, yeah oh, my money oh, back and play I, again I, I mean, like, I, like, four went to league, and I was like, man, I just got crushed by Scarab God. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> That's funny that you Scarab say that, because God the back. exact same thing happened to me uh, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we just, like, do a lot of testing, and, like, I just, like, get to, like, watch a lot of matches and see how a lot of decks play out without actually having to test them, yeah. which is really nice. Right. Like, n a lot of the time, like, we're not all playing the same. I don't think we've had, like, a spot where we all played the same deck except for Mono Red. Sure. <laughs> right. Like last week, like everyone played mono red, but like weeks prior was just like I'm playing just guy control and modern. Collins is playing like green red titan shift. Right. Like Zan's playing standard. Niraj is playing standard. Like we're all just like playing yeah. different things. Yeah, and it and the the hangouts and stuff just give us the ability to absorb all this information without actually having to um, dedicate all the hours that we're putting into it into every single different thing. Right. Yep. Which is uh, I think hugely beneficial for us for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely the team dynamic is definitely, like, I would contribute that, like, to, like, how I've been so successful. I just play a lot of Magic. I get to watch a lot of Magic. I get to talk about a lot of Magic. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely helped me a lot. Awesome. So what kind of trolling goes on? Because I, I don't get to, you know, I, I'm not part oh, of these man. Well, if so you've I... never read Ralph, then... Oh, uh, yeah, Ralph is just... Ralph Vitesh is just, like, just... <laughs> just he's, like, one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. But, like... Whenever like, whenever you ask him a question and he's just like, "Yeah, I don't know, man," and then he just like looks over your games like, "Why do you do? Why do you play that spell?" <laughs> like you should have played the other thing. And I'm like, "What?" And then he's like, "Yeah, you just messed up." And then he just like trolls you for the next five minutes. It's like when I lost in the finals of the Open. Like he was just trolling me on getting second. He's like, "It was still a good finish, but you got second. And then it's just like, <laughs> just like, like an ongoing joke for the next week and a half. <laughs> Yeah, he's like I punted in my finals, but I still won. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. It's I don't I can't really think about like a specific example that would be a good like you know this is what Ralph is like, but it's definitely a lot of just like you know, Ralph is fun of super rare and um, stuff like that. Yeah, it sounds um, like he's like consciously embracing like results oriented thinking and that sort of thing just to mess with your head yeah and he gets it and oh, he gets yeah. that you know yeah. that's like you know non-productive or whatever but he's just yeah it's it's funny um yeah. Yeah. also we have a we uh in addition to like the google hangouts and stuff that we've got we have just a constant uh uh facebook thread uh facebook chat that we have and uh that's just kind of like always buzzing on my phone and always we're always just like asking each other questions about like what deck lists are and we'll post them just throughout the day and everything. Um, and that can also get very entertaining when somebody like goes off on something and um, people get flooded with like emojis whenever something else <laughs> happens or whatever. It's just a good time, you know? You know, we're having fun with it and you know. Yeah, exactly. We're all enjoying ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how, how important is that part of it? Like would it be like having fun as part of being successful then? Um, I, th uh, <laughs> I think that 
<laughs> yes, I think that if we approached it from the different angle of like, we can either do this and be friends and have a lot of fun with it, or I think the other angle could be like, we could be super serious and we could have like a mother figure who makes sure everybody's like in line or something and everybody's like on topic all the time. And if that was the case, I think that none of us would be like at all as interested in doing this testing as much. You know? Yeah, exactly. We, I, feel, we, I feel like, well, we're all like super passionate about the game and we're all <laughs> like actively want to hang out with each other just to either just not only to like learn more about the game, but just to like have fun with our friends. Sure. Um, and I think that because that's the dynamic, we are like actively always looking forward to doing this with, with each other. And if that wasn't the case and it was like felt like more of a job or something, mm -hmm. then I don't believe that we would be nearly as successful for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. At least that's my take on it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I do feel the same way. I feel like since we all enjoy it, it's a lot. It's a lot more fun and makes you like continue to want to do it. Or as if it felt like that we were just like weren't enjoying ourselves, it would be like, okay, what's why? Like, why are we really doing this kind of thing? Right. So I think what we should talk about a little bit, like we don't see a lot of people besides you having a ton of success with Jess Guy Geist, and and I know part of it is like you're playing it differently as this like pretty aggressive tempo deck when you get the mm -hmm. opportunity to, but mm -hmm. I don't know, like if if you want to, if you got any knowledge to drop about the deck, like what yeah. matchup knowledge, it's... sideboard knowledge, anything like that would probably be. <laughs> Probably be very helpful. It's it's really funny because after I uh, made the uh, top eight of Richmond, Kevin Jones came up to me. He's like, "Did you make top eight again?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." And he's like, "You need to tell me what you're doing because I've nine six Syracuse and Richmond, and you've top eighted both <laughs> with the same yeah. tech." The context there being that um, Kevin Jones has been on Jess Guy for maybe longer than John has. Oh, a lot longer than me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so Kevin's now still playing his deck, and John's just been running over people with kind of like his updated Geists in the main version or something. And the other context there is that Kevin Jones, in my experience, is like a notoriously very conservative player. He doesn't like to take risks. He likes to have a lot of cards in hand. He likes to slow roll mm -hmm. things. Whereas from what I've seen of John playing, it's just the complete opposite. So I don't know if you want to. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like Kevin, like Kevin wants to like play around everything. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because he won a GP with Marvel. And that <laughs> deck just feels like it's all or nothing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Kevin's like a great player, but maybe yeah. he plays oh, Kevin's really good much, at magic. You know? Yeah, so Kevin then... is really good at magic. He, he won and... a GP playing the deck that's just, he can't play around everything. Slam the Marvel <laughs> yeah. into the negate. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin. Uh, yeah. Kevin is like really good at magic. Like him and him and Harlan. I can. I called like the Jess guy dads. Yeah. Basically, right. I gave him a shout out. I'm like SG Syracuse. I'm like, well, these are the guys that got the decklist from. Yeah. And yeah. Kevin's like, I can't believe main deck guys really work because he had him in his sideboard that tournament. Mm -hmm. And I was just saying like, I had two in my main deck with the Thunder my Hellcat. I'm like, yeah, I'm just killing people on turn three when I play this card. <laughs> and, uh, right. Then I like top eight that open, and then like. I, I like lose a damn muster. It's like the matchup's not great. I got like he like on turn like five or six. He like had the Karn piece, like the Tron piece, and then had Karn. And I'm just like, well, I didn't have the counter spell. I died of Karn. I find it interesting that like like from like that week to the next week, I think Kevin Jones and I probably played like 73 out of the same 75. Mm -hmm. I know he still had the Thundermaw, and he had three Geists, but he's cut a spell queller. And I I I understand the logic because I actually felt like spell queller was like kind of bad this past weekend. 
mm-hmm. and I just felt like I wasn't like getting a lot of value out of it. Like I wasn't playing against like decks like Affinity or like like Hate Bear decks that are like very limited on removal spells. I played against like multiple Jeskai control opponents. I played against Scapeshift, and depending on on if they're on Prismatic Omen or if they're just on like traditional Scapeshift ranges from if the card's like insane to like okay. So it's just like Spellcore was like fine for me this past weekend. But I feel as though like the difference between Kevin, myself, and Harlan's play style is that I Harlan actually brought this up last week. Is that we all sideboard differently, and we all like take different roles in certain matchups. And I find myself always wanting to be the aggressor. And I don't know if like Harlan or Kevin feels. I think Kevin always wants to, like be in control of what's happening, mm-hmm. and I'm always just like I just want to get you dead, <laughs> like lightning bolt you, lightning helix you, or like. Electrolyze you like Geist Sanctuary, attack for six and like snap bolt you and just like so much damage. And I always like I describe the deck as like a glorified burn deck. And there are very few matchups where I want to be like hard control and like boarding like Elspeth and like Supreme Verdict and like Anger of the Gods. And there are very few matchups that I'm just like, well, these guys are bad. Time to be a control deck. And instead, I'm like, how fast can I possibly kill you? This is definitely like how I approach it. Yeah, that makes sense. On the spell callers, do you think? You know, if spell quellers are bad enough that you would want to cut a few, then maybe you don't even want to be playing the deck at all. Do you think that that may be why? You know, oh yeah, I think if I think if you want to, I think if you want to cut spell quellers, you should just play a different deck. Okay. I think that the spell quellers are like the main appeal of the deck. I still think the card's really good. It was just like slightly worse for me this past weekend, but I still think the card just bonkers, and I think it's actually one of the reasons to play the deck, just because it like leverages like it's a t- it's a threat that also like prevents something bad from happening, which I think is super important. The issue with cards like Restoration Angel and Thunder My Hulk Guys is just like don't do anything on their own, right? There's a lot of matchups where like the 5-5 five five is just a 5-mana five 5-5, five five, and there's a lot of times where you're playing Restoration Angel as a Flash 3-4. So it's just like, well, you play this as a Flash 2-3 sometimes, but like 80% of the time you get to counter something, which is super important. Mm-hmm. It gives you a lot of room in matchups where you get to continue pressuring them because of how like removal light a lot of decks in modern are. So it's just like, sometimes it's just like the abyss of a spell. <laughs> it's just like, they never get their spell back like against affinity. Sometimes they don't even have four galvanic blasts. So it's just like, well, this spell has gone forever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can just live under the geist now. That's going to hit you for yep. double damage. Yeah, of course. <laughs> nice. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And so you, um, what did your sideboard look like? You had like an Elspeth, so you definitely had like a go big plan in some matches. Yeah, I had. Uh, so uh, my sideboard kind of changed a little bit from the weekend before. I had uh, four two ofs and uh, <laughs> seven one ofs. Okay. I had two. <laughs> I, I, I had two rune halos in my deck. My two ofs stay the same. So it's like I have two ceremonious rejection. I have two relic. I have two stony silence, and then like. The cards that I kept from last weekend were the um, I kept like dis I kept I kept the dispel, I kept rest in peace, I kept Vanillion Click, I kept the two wraths in anger and supreme verse, and I kept my go big card, which is Elspeth Sun's champion. Yeah. But I ended up cutting the rune halos because I just felt like they just like didn't do enough in the matches I wanted them. So I added a disdainful stroke that's like good against scapeshift, also good against like Eldrazi Chan, and like good against like slower control decks. Mm-hmm. And I added Celestial Purge just because I wanted an answer to like planeswalkers such as Nahiri, Liliana the Veil, and I act and like Chandra or like random permanents that I might have trouble doing with, like A8 aka Blood Moon. So it's just like it just is like another answer to like it's just like it's like a universal card sort of 
The issue with Rune Halo is I felt like it was just really only naming Valakit in the mashups it was insane in. Yeah. And like it was like okay against Death Shadow when you named Death Shadow, but it's like I think there are better cards. Right, right, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. Um yeah, Rune Halo is one of those cards that um you you might have been more worried about just because of the experience that you had playing against me when I was testing that deck. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Might well, not have been, just, like might not have been better for like the wider field. Even though Valakit was a pretty high percentage of the metagame, I think. In, this past weekend. in Richmond? Yeah, yeah, it was super popular. Right. It was right. very popular. Uh yeah. I actually like on the way home, I actually like looked I actually like was like I wonder like if I can compare like what I played against last weekend to what I played against this weekend. And mm-hmm. I like wrote it down in my notes so on my phone. Let me look real quick. So like in Syracuse, I played against a lot of the decks I played against, I played against, like, once or twice. So I, like, played against, like, Shadow twice. I played against, like, Merfolk twice. I played against, like, Titan Shift twice. twice, And I played against, like, Eldrazi Tron twice. Hmm. And then I played against, like, a bunch of different decks. Like, I played against, like, uh, Affinity once. I played Burn once. I played uh, against, uh, like, a Collected Humans deck once. And then and I played against, like, Death and Taxes. But then I go to Richmond. And then, like, all the decks, like, on day two that I played it, on day two I played against, I would have never expected to play against. I, like, played against, like, Mono White Martyr round 10. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played against Naya Escape Shift. I played against Amulet Titan. And then I played against, like, two, like, two players who drove down in the same car together, like, uh, Patrick Reynolds and Benjamin Nikolic on 74 of the 75 of, like, Sue Kennick's, like, Jeskai Control deck. And then oh, I played yeah. against Todd on like value town like decks i would just like never imagine i would have ever played against <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious I, for some reason i feel like i wasn't limited to richmond this weekend because looking at the results of all the tournaments like the top tables at every tournament was like mono insane decks i feel like yeah mm. i i look looking at all like i feel like the the winner of like this weekend at all the tournaments was definitely valakit yeah, just like Valakit put up like the most numbers, but I think it was like fifteen copies of like looking at like all the all all the data. Yeah, like all the three top. Th- so there were three tournaments this past weekend: two GPs and and Richmond, and and so um, a user on r slash spikes kind of compiled all of the top thirty twos, and so Scapeshift had the most top thirty twos uh, from the combined tournaments. And then it was um, uh, we had Death Shadow. It was like yeah, it was fifteen Scapeshift. 14 Death Shadow, and then like a strong jump to Jeskai Control, and then rocking in seven copies. Woohoo! <laughs> Rep- repping the good guys. But, but like, I, I think there were a couple of different types of Jeskai decks included in, oh, that, yeah. in that set. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I, there's, def- there's like multiple, there's like two different ways you can build Jeskai, right? So it's like you have the Spell Queller or Geist and Trap version, or you play it like Sukenic, and you have like Think Twice. And like one torrential gear hulk and like one a johnny vengeance and one secure the waste one sphinx's revelation and then just like a billion removal spells <laughs> oh, so so a, the perfect deck is what you're saying <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's literally just like the grindiest deck and like and like three supreme verdicts <laughs> and like the thing about like modern right now is that like how like everything is like so in flux to beat death shadow mm-hmm. and i wonder like when that's going to change however since death shadow is still absurdly popular i feel like it's going to stay like pretty uh pretty close to where it's at like i don't know like what's what's good against scape shift like collins if you can like enlighten me like a storm like right like storms like really good against scape shift is there so, anything else that's really good against yeah scape i mean shift? the decks that beat up on scape shift are the uh non-interactive combo decks like storm ad nauseum 
any like main deck blood moon deck is really bad for us yeah stuff like that yeah that's interesting because like those decks are horrendous against grixis death shadow right yeah those decks sure. just have really bad grixis death shadow matchups but they're really good against scapeshift so like that's what i like about modern right now is that like i find myself i really enjoy modern and where it's at just because like how like diverse the format is and i usually think that's like kind of a con but like just like looking at it it's just like you can really do whatever you want and succeed whereas sometimes just like well i played against this random deck and i got crushed but other times just like well like i played against like 20 different decks in these tournaments like somewhere around there and i'm just like well yeah. that's modern just like have to learn to accept that yeah and so it's I, just... mean, I think that that's something that we've always kind of known about modern is that you know you can only metagame so much like modern mm -hmm. modern is modern modern is like the <laughs> most diverse format i think in the right, history of magic maybe. right now yeah it just mm -hmm. kind of ever so yeah i mean they're definitely going to be the popular decks or whatever that you can expect to face but you're you're just gonna play against some random stuff. You're gonna play against um, Martyr Proclamation. You're gonna play against Amulet know, Titan or Titan, like Oddball decks, yeah. Infect. Yeah, yeah, all the yeah. all these random decks. <laughs> my uh, my first round of this past weekend was a guy playing Blue Moon. <laughs> you know, so it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. You you think you're prepared, right. and you get turn three blood mooned or turn three elves and mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. you remember that you're playing modern right for yes. Sure. yes 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 um yeah so and i think that i kind of enjoy that at a modern uh to a certain extent where that's like some people view the health of a format as uh described by the uh, diversity of the format um and if that's what you're looking for then modern is exact exact exactly where you want to be for sure mm -hmm. um but yeah um yeah i think there were some other like super strange decks that we can see uh like gb birmingham had some top eight decks that were pretty insane there was like a like the black green rock deck is that <laughs> yeah the black green rock deck it had four bobs and 12 three drops or something like that yep. just like including, bold <laughs> including two tireless trackers because you can never have enough bobs i guess yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Like the, if you're yeah, trying to outvalue people, then yeah, that's that's where you. It's like be. I feel like that's like that definitely speaks to how diverse modern is. Mm -hmm. Because and just like I feel like looking at these like tournament results is like kind of interesting because you don't actually know what these people have played against. Right. Right. Like sure. these like black green rock decks. Like I can imagine just like probably he probably like played on a bunch of creature decks and like played a bunch of mid-range mirrors and he can never lose a mid-range mirror because he has two eternal witnesses and two tireless trackers and a bunch of discard spells yeah. and he definitely chomped on any death shadow matchups he had too oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Death, and really good against death shadow abs and mid-range another deck really good against death shadow and it's just like not great against combo decks you have lingering souls in your deck you have like yeah Kalidus. just like these cards are like aren't good against like <laughs> Uh, combo decks just really good against mid-range decks and also like really good against death shadow right right uh what else do we have uh then we have grixis death shadow just really good deck titan shift really good deck yeah burn with four shrine of burning rage yes that was that was the one thing that we were looking at that was very interesting for sure four shrine of burning rage I, over eidolon of the great revel um it was the cover I that think, i think that's really that's really smart yeah maybe up the cage so stock is so low right now right right that the card literally just like can get up to seven just like all right deal you seven 
like deal you six, and that's usually good enough to win the game. What I what I remember from playing the card in standard though was the card was great as long as it didn't die and as long as you only drew exactly one. One. Mm -hmm. one. One shrine, yeah. So so that's why the four feels a little bit questionable to me, but yeah. maybe Revolt. maybe yeah. the power level of the burn cards in modern makes you can just ignore you know whatever this this one shrine is a mulligan but the other shrine's doing eight so it's fine mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. um yeah what, do you know what won this gp it was out of, um, out of these eight decks? i think it was the um the bite the bant nightfall deck yeah that's all right, right. All right. um oh the, like the humans deck oh geez oh uh, man yeah um but yeah. okay okay uh, I, I have seen actually recently a lot of decks, or not a lot of decks, but uh, a surprising amount of burn decks that have been cutting Eidolon of the Great Rebel. Oh, you know, it, it actually was that burn deck that won this tournament. It was uh, Sao Paulo that that the Nightfall deck won. Oh, Sao Paulo won Nightfall. Okay, okay got it. But so, so it's four shrines took down the GP. Interesting. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting because uh, I have seen a lot of players at least on magic online there have been a couple of lists that have popped up um that have uh, gone away from eidolon of the great rebel and i'm i don't exactly know why but i think people have just kind of like come to the conclusion that maybe that card isn't as good right now as it used to be uh like when it first came out it was just kind of like impossible to to deal with and people weren't prepared for it but maybe we're moving to a point in modern where it's just not a, uh impactful enough uh, mm -hmm. Where either your opponent can race you and put you in a bad spot if you have an Eidolon out, or um, they just don't care about it as much. So it's interesting. Uh, I've seen like a couple of different versions. Like one of the versions that I saw that cut Eidolon was trying to go all in on all of the one mana burn spells. Uh -huh. So it actually had red for, or it had black for bump in the night, and it was also running a full playset of four shard volleys. Oof. Which is, I don't know if you've ever played Burn, but that's something. You're never uh, flashing back those bumps in the night. Yeah, right. And <laughs> never flashing those back, yeah. <laughs> what's, there's another Burn spell that only deals two damage, but it has Kicker. Uh, uh, burst Lightning. Yeah, burst it, lightning? it also run, ran Burst Lightning. So it's just wanted to be as mana efficient as possible and deal like a very efficient uh, mana-wise uh, damage instead of like, you know, so you're playing Burst Lightnings over like something like uh, Skullcrack, where it's like you, you just want to be more mana efficient. And see, that makes a lot of sense to me in combination with the Shrine of Burning Rage, because mm -hmm. uh, you're spending so much of your mana on the Burning Rage, and then your one mana spells would ramp it up as quickly as possible. Right. This one does not take that philosophy though. It's it's got the full uh, four Helixes, Blazes, and Skullcracks in the deck with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Skullcracks kind of just a necessity. Yeah. At, at a certain extent, but it seems interesting. So maybe maybe there's just like space to toy around with the stock burn list. I, I really like the shrines, honestly. Yeah, it's 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 weird because like it's modern's also definitely a format where like you you kind of play what you want to play mm. sort of thing. So like I feel like I will never. I think I would. I'm gonna quote. Uh, yeah, you can quote me on this ever in the future if I ever register burn. <laughs> but I will not be caught dead playing a burn deck. Like, okay. Like, like regular, like just like all right, all my burn spells go to you. Like I'm fine playing Jeskai Control, but I just don't want to play like Goblin Guy attack you. Uh, hope, <laughs> yeah. hope this works out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want your plans to be flexible. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, 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 for sure. I enjoy playing mid range decks where I get to yeah. interact and like definitely just like pick and choose my spots. Right. 
I don't like decks that really just only have like one game plan, which is kind of why I didn't enjoy Death Shadow that much. Yeah, that makes sense because Death Shadow is also trying to do pretty much the same thing every over and over again. Yeah. yeah, like trying to like, all right, take your one removal spell, play my threat. I have stubborn denial just in case something goes wrong. Right, right. But like, A <laughs> ABC. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw, and I don't know if this is it's not identical to your seventy five, but the main deck is real, real close down to the Thunder Maw Hel Hellkite, but in the top eight. Oh, of South oh Colorado. yeah. I looked. At, I looked at his list. And I was like, he cut an Electrolyze for an Engineered Explosives. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, Electrolyze is usually your worst spell. Mm -hmm. It's usually one of the first spells to come out, unless you're playing against, like, Infect or, like, Affinity, because, like, the best spell there. But, like, Electrolyze is, like, okay modern. It, I, it's usually just, like, Cycle Deal 2. Yeah. Three mana. And, then like, in, like, Control Mirrors, it's fine, because you just, like, try to get them low enough to where you can pot shot them with, like, Lightning Bolts and, like, snap lightning bolt you snap electrolyze you just like try to like get pressure on them yeah. and then when they like have to answer your guys that's when you play your guys same draft or it's just like you force it on turn three it resolves they don't have supreme verdict they die it's like what happened against benjamin nikolic is like game three like i like vendillion click him i see his hand he has like two it's like he has two hands on the battlefield and his hands like cryptic sphinx's revelation like he has like his double cryptic, Sphinx's Rev, Vendillion Click, Lightning Bolt, and just like two other random cards. And it's like I think I think it was Torrential Gear Hulk and like Ooh. Secure the Waste. Oh yeah, so you yeah. got So his hands just super expensive. I'm like yeah, this game just has to end. And then I like spell caller his Lightning Bolt, and then he draws another removal spell before he draws a third land. And he said to me after the match, and I like had a Geist. And he said to me after the match, like, yeah, I knew I was in trouble when you didn't fight over me killing your two guys. <laughs> and I just played Geist Saint Trap with Logic not up and it just like won me the game. I could just like I could talk about Geist Saint Trap for like an hour and a half of how busted the card is. <laughs> just like on turn three, it's busted. On turn five with logic not up, it's busted. Any point in the game where you draw it, it will probably win you the game. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if there's nothing else much going on, which sounds like is your objective to mm -hmm. make happen in the game. Then yeah, whenever you slam that, it's just gonna be like, all right, you're dead. So in three hard turns. to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of expected more people to play just like, like Geisting Traft just in general, because like how much I praised the card. Yeah. But this weekend it was still just like Harlan, Kevin, and I just showed up to the tournament. We're all playing Geisting Traft. Right. Not, not a lot of other people registered guys saying traps like yeah. yeah. Da, da, da. There are plenty of Death Sky control decks, but um, yeah, it seems like you guys were the only ones that were really on the guys plan for sure. Yeah, the other Jessica control decks were just like, other than like Harlan, like Patrick Reynolds, who I played like top thirty-two of the tournament. He was playing like Sikenik's version, which was like Torrential Gear Hulk. Mm -hmm. I think twice. I played against Benjamin Nikolic, who was in his car seventy-four, the same seventy-five, top four of the tournament. Played against some round fifteen for my winning in also playing like think twice and just like just like there's like mo there's like two different ways you can build it it's like the tempo oriented version or just like tap out like if i ever resolve secure for like eight or like things is right for five and want to win this game yeah kind of thing. for sure and having been on the other end of the the geist plan i i just feel like if geist hits you once like you're so close to dead <laughs> yeah i feel like the matchup's not great but it it depends. A lot. If your Geist resolves, I think your percent chance of winning goes up by like 20%. Mm -hmm. It is so huge. Yeah. Just like they can't like leave in all of their Supreme Verdicts because the card just doesn't do a whole lot. Like yeah. they use, they probably like, they don't board the fourth in. They probably stay between two to three. And you can definitely pick spots where that like, if you play it on turn three, if they don't have it, they're probably dead. 
or you can like million click them, see what they got. If they don't have supreme verdict, then you're like, all right, I'll jam this guy. Like, oh, I have a counter spell backup. Yeah, and I was just yeah. like probably dead. I think the matchup's like not great, but since I'm a sack and draw Geist a lot, I'm like, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right, so there's the secret. <laughs> just draw Geist yeah, all the time. Just draw Geist. <laughs> well, and I was I was even speaking more generally, just from a format perspective. Like almost any mm-hmm. deck that I'm playing, if I get hit by Geist once, I I feel like oh, it's just, I'm probably oh, dead. Oh yeah, yeah. When Geist hits you once, I know I'm I'm like I'm gonna burn you out. <laughs> just like right. these you, spells are going got to these you. bolts and these Snapcaster Mages, and it's <laughs> gonna be good. You took three damage yeah. off of your lands, and that's enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's, like, not a lot of good answers. I nope. just keep talking about it. Like, like, I think it's interesting because that GP had, like, eight copies of, like, Liliana the Veil. I played against one Liliana the Veil deck, and I played against three Supreme Verdict decks. But mm-hmm. all my other opponents could not beat Guy St. Draft. Yeah. They just sure. could not beat it. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think that Liliana has kind of, like, gone up in... Uh, popularity for the uh, for the Death Shadow decks, mm-hmm. but maybe even down in popularity just in general in in modern. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Although we have seen kind of the strength of it because these you know mid rangey decks that top aided at Birmingham were very heavy on on Liliana the Veil. And, yeah, and that's as, true. You know, as as much as we may question their other card choices, I think they probably rode those Lilianas to to a, a number of yeah. their wins. Yeah, Liliana definitely can win a game by itself when you play against Mono. If you play against Midrange, The Gathering, Liliana, The Veil will definitely win you a lot of games of Magic. Yes, Midrange, <laughs> The Gathering. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and who cares what the other cards are in your deck if you're just discarding them all to her anyways. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, since we're talking about Modern, I think we unfortunately have to talk about Valakut for a minute here. Both, both fortunately <laughs> and unfortunately. Oh, yeah. In that... Um, I mean, I think, you know, we were on the right track in that Valakut is, is in a great spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw so little Eldrazi Tron in these uh, top tables, uh, in the top 32s, I think because it got really muscled out by, by a lot of these Valakut decks. So it's in a good place and very powerful, but the builds that we've seen succeeding are a little bit different than the, the one we were talking about on the last two episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like all the builds that have, like, you know, broken into the top eights this past weekend all had some variety of interaction in the main, be it just, like, bolts or path to exile, as we saw from uh, the top eight of uh, Richmond. Yep. Um, Naya Titan Shift. Yeah, Becky, uh, Becky Adelman. Uh, and her, yeah, right, her deck had, had triple path, path to exile in the main. Yeah. Only white cards in the main. You know, and that's not a... That's not an easy thing to do in Valakut is to, to choose to not have just mountains and and a couple of forests in there. Uh, that, like mm-hmm. That's a real cost. And I, I mean, Path to Exile is really that good in, in modern right now that it may be worth doing something like that. I find it so interesting. She only had one white source in her main deck. Right. I did not realize that. I just, she had one Sacred Foundry. Yeah. And I looked at the deck list. I'm like, oh, man. Well, something that's very <laughs> curious to me is that she has... One Sacred Foundry in the main deck as her only way of finding it. So she's either got to fetch it or Farseek for it. And she's only got the two Farseeks because uh, um, she yeah. shaved on a lot of that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, But additionally, she has one Planes in the sideboard with no other white cards in the sideboard that I could see. Yeah, you're right. That her, You're right. Her only white cards. So I think that she maybe all. boards in the Planes when she needs to be able to... Um, Path out shocking herself or 
uh, yeah, to, to find, to, yeah, I guess it's there for like the matchups where her life total is, is relevant. Um, but only one of her. But only windswept, fetch. only her one of windswept teeth. I mean, it does allow her to like, search for tomorrow for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, searches and Conley hearts and. Yeah, those are the two, really. Uh, Farsi can find it as well. Right, but that doesn't give you a lot over just having the sacred foundry. Right, in for there. sure. Yeah. One <laughs> thing that I was thinking about is if you can make the white in there, I'm wondering if your like mid range planeswalker that you want might actually. I, like, Chandra is very powerful, mm -hmm. but I'm wondering if maybe Nahiri would be something closer to what you want in this deck. Yeah, if, I don't know. if you're going to have the interaction, but in the matchups it's terrible in, it'd be real nice to throw it away. Yeah. Uh, her her ultimate kills them just as dead in a Valakut deck as it does in an Emrakul deck. Right. Um, so. But I, I yeah, just, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. Like you want Chandra to like turbo out your spells, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to, it's like Chandra's really good if your plan is to go like turn three Chandra, turn four turbo out Primeval Titan. Right. It's like kill your opponent. But like Nahiri's really good against interactive decks. Yeah. So it's just like where Chandra's just like passable against those decks. So. Um, yeah, and like Nahiri can kill certain things that Chandra can't, like Taskers, mm -hmm. Gourmet Anglers, Blood mm -hmm. Moons, Death Shadows, Blood Moons. Blood Moons. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that might be an interesting angle to take if you are if you want to play white, for sure. But yeah, I think that over, overall, all of the Titan Shift decks that I saw doing well had some sort of interaction in the main. Um, which uh, might, be, might be considering, uh, some people were telling me that I should maybe cut some... Uh, Colony Heart Expeditions for a few bolts, which I might consider, but um, uh, I don't know. It'll be it'll be something I'll have to test more. And uh -huh. I, you know, I I played the, pretty much the same deck this weekend, mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, it really just my own personal matchups. But I played against a very high number of Spell Quellers and Leon and Arbiters. Yeah, uh, fair, just really very very boltable guys <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> right. <laughs> Playing the like super straightforward mono green one, I I feel like it leaves you with very little room for error. Whereas you know covering yourself with bolts and stuff, you know you can take a slightly slower line, you can be a little more controlling. But with with the the straightforward game one mono green deck, you've really got to pick your line, be good at picking that line, and then just go straight for it, like whichever plan mm -hmm. you've decided is the right one, and don't don't fetch the wrong land at any point, and, yeah. and just... I guess that. less less room for error, because I, I've definitely lost games because I have, like, missequenced or, like, uh, found the wrong land or something, and just, like, been behind on getting the Valkyrie triggers online or something. Yeah. Because I... the Part of the reason why I still am hesitant to think that you necessarily need interaction like that in the main is that it's just so good at being able to bolt a bunch of stuff on turn four yeah like even if you're not killing your opponent i've like so much of the time on turn four i'm just i have like four bolts that i can just like toss around or something like that um i think that you you're very often not just like dead on turn four um where you can like maybe your opponent has like a board state that you can clear up or something right uh just with your your valka triggers but um yeah maybe like if the deck if the format gets too much faster um which it very reasonably can do um mm -hmm. you're gonna have to have some sort of interaction that happens before you get to the valka trigger aspect of the game yep so um yep. yeah something to look more into but i do want to mention that my focus is going to be shifting towards standard 
for the next coming weeks. We've been on as, modern for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Time to put down those uh, guys saying trapped as much as it pains me right, for a little yeah. bit. You can still hold yeah. on to spell callers, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Spell callers, spell card decks aren't really. A, I know my rodeo currently in standard. <laughs> right. Yeah. As much as you want them to be, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So standard this weekend, I'm playing in a uh, LCQ last chance qualifier. Um, yep. And I know, yeah, <laughs> as well, for sure. Yeah, I haven't really had many opportunities to play in any PPTQs this season, just because we've been we, grinding a lot of SCGs. Yeah, <laughs> every weekend has been SCGs for us, for sure. And PPTQs are really not. It yeah. feels like not a productive way to not, spend a Saturday. Yeah, right, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, not the most value. You either win or you're just like very disappointed with how you spent your evening. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, so LCQ, I think it'll be fun. Like nothing else is going on this weekend for me. No like big GPs or anything. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing that, and that's all gonna be standard. So definitely shifting focus towards that a little bit. So what are we thinking about this format right now? So it's, it's still moving. It's yeah. Still so a this moving target. It's definitely moving and shaking. Um, I think that we've kind of narrowed down the tier one decks a little bit. Mono red is still tier one. Yep. Zombies is tier one, and then. So Monored Zombies, Black Green, I think, is still Tier 1. Um, and then there are a couple of other like considerations for Tier 1. The deck that I'm looking at a lot right now is Teamer Energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it has just an excellent matchup against Monored, as well as just very solid matchups against the rest of the mid-range decks. Sure. And I'm, I'm sure that John and I will be talking more about that deck in a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> one deck that Ralph is very excited about is Green Red Ramp. He thinks Ramp, that yeah. that deck beats literally everything except for Mono Red, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that qualifies you for Tier 1 because Mono Red is just such a huge force. Right. Yeah. You play against it twice it, and then you can't make the top 8. Right, exactly. It's it's interesting. He likes the deck a lot, but he's still just like, yeah, there's, there's still a good chance to just play Mono Red this weekend. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> Right. Did I miss anything? I feel like there's another deck that um, was uh, kind of like up there. So like Mono Red, you have the Zombies deck, so obviously really good. You have Black Green, and uh, those are like the three like main ones, right? Yeah. Those yeah. are the ones that like have proven their worth. Right. And then sure. you and then and then you got other decks in the format. Yeah. Like you have Rising Star Teamer Energy, which mm-hmm. like crushed it, like destroyed the the Magic Online PTQ. Yeah, just like yes. was like the best choice. Four, four <laughs> out of six of the eight O's yep. in I think the either the mocks or the PTQ was uh, Teamer Energy. Teamer yeah. Energy. Yeah. Like Tumovich like sent me his Teamer Energy list. He's like, yeah, I like came in fourth or whatever at the mocks or whatever. So he obviously ran really well. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it, liked it a lot. I played the Teamer Energy deck. I'm four in a league, and I play against Teamer Energy with the Scarab God. Yeah. I get crushed. Of course. And then yeah. I'm like, I want to play that. Yep. So I looked at like yeah. the deck that like came in fourth at the PTQ, right? Something like that. Like top four of the PTQ. Mm-hmm. I like, changed a few cards and then I'm like, five out. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like the Scarab God won me so many games. It is absurd. Yeah, I think that yeah, for sure. The the Scarab God in the teamer shell is definitely something that I'm I'm probably just gonna play this weekend if if everything keeps on going as it is. Like I'm I'm definitely still gonna test a lot, but I've been playing the Teamer Energy deck just like John was and I had a very similar experience where I four won the league with my only loss being to the Scarab God, but out of just like a black blue mid rangey deck. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like out of the teamer mm-hmm. deck. But I definitely had seen that list that you're talking about of from the PTQ online 
um, mm-hmm. that was just teamer with the scarab gods, and I was like, oh, that could be cool. And but I didn't like really register how powerful the scarab god was in like the mid range deck uh, matchups until I just got slaughtered by it. And I was like thinking through just like any possible cards in the teamer colors that I could play to have a chance against the this team the scarab god, and there's just like there's nothing. There wasn't any. Yeah, um, the, no removal spell yeah. hits it even like no removal spell even like makes it take a turn off right. even if it didn't come back from the graveyard. Um, so. Well, so the the one time that I did beat it was um, I actually confiscation cooed it right, um, and uh, but he he was able to just kill it and it went back to his graveyard and then he got it back, um, uh, but it just like bought me enough time to like tempo him out and beat him down with some stuff. Um, so that was kind of like the best possible case scenario for the 75 that I was running. Um, but yeah, I think that your other option is just to, how do you beat Scarab God? I don't know, run your own. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then if anybody did not get the memo and is running Teamer Energy without Scarab Gods, you just have a real hard time losing to them if you ever yeah, if you ever Yeah, if you ever draw and cast that card and not, aren't just dead on board, then I feel yeah. like it's very hard I to like lose. I, I like played a mirror and I was on the play and I went like, I went, I went turn four, land, go, leaving my servant up, like, and I'm like, in a turn, cycle, shelter, thicket, abrade your guy. I mean, this was turn three, sorry. And then turn four, untap land, scarab god, go. <laughs> right. And he just like, he like played like a bristling hydra. I'm like, okay. I'm like, upkeep, reanimate your thing, get a scry trigger, and just like draw a card, lose a life. Like, find another removal spell, kill your next play, reanimate <laughs> that, just like the game just ends. <laughs> right, yeah. And the fact that the Scarab God makes 4-4s, like, no matter what it's uh, bringing back, is just so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, bring, like if a uh, if a Hydra ever dies, then you just get a 4-4 Hydra um, with with the activated abilities and everything. It's just... Like, Rogue Refiner, Servant of the Conduit, Whirler Virtuoso, all these cards are just great. Yeah. <laughs> if bad. people are still playing uh, Champion of Wits, you just get a 3-mana 4-4 Champion of Wits, draw 4 cards, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's one of the hidden things that I saw. I mean, it's not like a secret or anything, but a, a, a piece of its power level that you, you don't process at first is you're also doubling up on your energy production when you're getting back your own guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the, the reason the energy deck is so powerful is because of that like synergy of energy guy into energy guy into spend the energy on whatever is the best thing in this matchup. Um, and if you're just getting, you know, six or eight extra energy to spend on whatever the best thing is in that matchup. If for some reason the Scarab God isn't just right. killing them on its own, then you know. Yeah, yeah like rebuying World of Virtuosos for more energy triggers, yep. rebuying Servants or Rogue Refiners or kind of just whatever. Yeah, it's just all value for sure. So that's the deck that I'm going to be looking into moving forward the most. But, you know, I think that if we're just talking about the format in general, I think that, you know, Zombies, Black Green, and Mono Red are still kind of like the decks to beat, maybe. But I think that, you know, the matchup with this Teamer deck, I think that if I'm approaching all of those matchups, I feel pretty favored. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The only matchups I'm super concerned about are, like, the dedicated control decks. The one deck I think we should probably mention is um, Blue-White Approach the Second Sun. Yep. Yep. Um, that's a deck that some of our teammates are very high on right now. I think Zan and Dylan are probably playing that to a certain extent. Those might be a little tougher. Like, we've got a lot of dead cards in the main for that. But I do think that we can construct a very solid board plan for it. So, mm-hmm. 
So what do you think that consists of out of Teamer? Because you can't just add transgresses into your deck or something like mm-hmm. that for that. So what, what do you think? Just just any aggressive curve that like has a value um, associated with it. Like um, being able to have like a long test cub into mm-hmm. a rogue refiner or a whirl of virtuoso. Okay. Um, you as long as you know how to play a game against a sweeper appropriately, then you should be fine. Just like don't dump everything into their fumigate because they are gonna have fumigates. I think that deck runs a lot of fumigates. Um, but uh, just being able to have that like creature aggressive draws, like if they ever stumble, they're gonna die, or you know you can sequence things so that like you know they cast their sweeper and then you untap into a bristling hydra. Uh, you've got four negates in the sideboard, which are insane. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I think that the deck definitely has game there, but uh, game one at least, I think it's probably our, our worst matchup. And and we really mm-hmm. are getting into that rock, paper, scissors kind of thing where there, there are these pillars. You know, there's mono red. There are the decks that are bigger than mono red, mm-hmm. and then there are the decks that are bigger than those but lose to mono red. Right. Uh, and, and you just got to find your spot for the tournament, I guess. How big do you want to be for this particular tournament? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's just magic metagaming at its core, isn't yeah. it? Like, you know, the smallest deck beats up on the, like, the, the controlliest deck, um, but then the control deck beats the mid-range deck, which beats the small deck, Yeah. right? Um, so, uh, so you, I think you just want to find like the underestimated one of the decks in the format at that point. Like, right. like, like you were saying, like if you, you can find teamer energy is the mid range deck that the control decks actually don't beat as much as they think they do, mm-hmm. then that may be the spot. You're probably in a good from. spot. Yeah. As long as you have like the, the reason I like teamer so much and I've played a lot of teamer mm-hmm. over the past couple standards, um, is, uh, the, the reason I like the deck so much is that it's so customizable. Like, mm-hmm. if you are worried about zombies um, or other mid-range decks, you just play a bunch of boats, and they can't, like, a lot of those decks just can't beat that card. Um, I think boats come back around to being right. really good right now, too. Yes, and yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> Sky Sovereign is, like, my favorite card. <laughs> it just it just kills everything. Like, yeah, it beats zombies, it beats other mid-range decks. Here comes the boat! Here Boom. comes the boat! <laughs> yeah. That's that's interesting. I think Sky Sovereign's really good, mm-hmm. but it's like weird because I feel like there's a lot of braids running around too. Yeah. But I still think yep. the card is just super, uh, just like can win the game on its own, especially against decks like zombies or like like these random like Eldrazi decks or like black yep. green energies. Like you just like boat them. Yeah. And any deck that doesn't have access to red is just going to be very cold to uh to the boat. Sky I Sovereign. feel like. Yeah. yeah. And one of the main decks that is running a braids. Is a deck that you don't want the boat against, anyways. So mono red. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, it is less of a mirror breaker for teamer than before, which is probably mm-hmm. good because it used to be that each teamer deck had one or two boats, and the matches all all often came About down to who drew their boat. Who drew the boat? Yeah. Yep. But like now they're all sideboard. They're all playing like three to four braids, and now it's just like just like leveraging. Now it feels like it's definitely like who can get the most value mm-hmm. out of their cards definitely feels like who's ahead. Cause I feel like when I played the team or energy mirror, there's definitely like one person who has like seven cards and like a huge, like just like has like an, a huge board state. And then the other person who also has a big board state, but doesn't have like a tracker in play or didn't draw like multiple rogue refiners. And they're just like behind in cards. Yeah. And, and they'll never catch back up again. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. definitely been my experience as well, where I've just been beating a lot of people just through like playing this, like more conservative 
get the value out of my cards kind of deal. Um, mm -hmm. in, like in the mirrors in particular where like, you know, we'll both like play a uh, bristling hydra and if you know anything about bristling hydra is that it's just impossible to beat in the mid-range mirror unless you both have one in which case the game just lasts forever right and then yeah. in those games that last such a long time you just have so many opportunities to like leverage the value of your cards um and all this other stuff because while those cards kind of lock down the ground there's still a lot of play in the game with like the um the boats can swing in through the air the uh, glory bringers can swing through the air and uh, so you just like have to make sure that you can still play like that game well. And if you're, you know, saving your removal spells for the things that matter, and your opponent isn't, then you can just like really leverage some uh, some stuff there for sure. Yeah. I was actually I was watching Michael Jacobs' stream last night, uh, and he did not bring trackers in in the mirror. Hmm. Um, and I like he was talking about it because you know people were asking about it, and so then he was explaining. In the way that Michael Jacobs explains things to, to his Twitch audience, but <laughs> but it was clear that uh, the trackers did align with the philosoph like philosophically with what he wanted to be doing in the matchup. Uh -huh. But the number of Glorybringers, boats, Chandras, and then just other removal spells yeah. in his opponent's decks after board made him feel like it was just too low impact of a card when you were just trying to make sure that your cards were buying you both like card advantage and tempo yeah, if possible. Right. And that that is the thing about the the mirrors in particular is that you've got so many cards that are just like immediate two for ones mm -hmm. that like come into play and kill something. You've got boats, you've got Chandra's, you've got um, glory bringers, like all these things just like are like huge, powerful immediate impact plays that um, uh, if go unchecked just leave you so far ahead. Um, and Tracker is mm -hmm. one of those. It's definitely one of those cards uh, that um, will take over a game if go if it goes unchecked. But there are a lot of cards in the matchup that um, just kind of like immediately kill him and leave something back on the board, right? Like yeah. all those things that I just described kill Tracker if you've just played it. Um, you know, dice to Boat, dice to Glorybringer, dice to Chandra. So if your turn yep. four is like you know Tracker Clue pass and your opponent just goes Chandra kill it you're so far behind and you almost yep. just can't afford to do that mm -hmm. um so i can see that yeah. for sure um i think i, I brought in one in the mirrors so yeah. i didn't bring in both I've, I've, been, I've played like four mirrors and i've sideboarded differently every single time just trying to feel out what i like and what i don't like yeah for sure. i know i don't like whirler virtuoso like at all because i remember that being bad in the team mirrors and it's still not very good just like the one ones don't really matter because right. everyone's playing like boats yeah. and glory bringers and just like the two three body is just not good so it's just like you're like you never want to pump energy into it because you always need energy for like bristling hydra yeah or like because a lot of it comes just down like, well, to like if you can make your bristling hydra just bigger than your opponents mm -hmm. um or at least just threaten to because you never activate it but like if yep. you have more energy if you have so much more energy than your opponent does uh it gives you a pretty big big advantage in that regard or with your like long test cups or something, um, just like having the energy necessary to put into those is important. So you can't really, you can't just like spend it on one ones that are gonna do some chip damage and then just like eventually chump block a glory binger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, World of Virtuoso is back in a big way though because of the mono red. Oh yeah, I mean, oh, if we're, it's if very we're good at against the, mono red. Yeah. yeah, it's very good against mono red for sure. If we're looking at just like the format as a whole, I think that that card is just. Super strong and yeah. probably yeah. probably why Teamer has made the resurgence that it has. Yeah, like yeah. no other no other deck has a card that's quite as insane. Like you know the yeah. sideboarded P and LR, but 
is great against mono red and whirl of virtuoso is just like a couple, way better a couple pnlrs yeah yeah, yeah it's just multiple of that card right and it's like it's interesting because like world of virtuoso was really bad in the last format but that's because everyone played team or energy mm -hmm. so it's just like it wasn't really good in the mirrors mm -hmm. but now since mono red and control decks are becoming more popular and like it's even passable against zombies and like uh black green yeah and the I think it's actually like, that card is actively good against zombies because your main way of winning is through flyers. If yeah, you just you like just, make three flyers and then clog up the ground, yeah. then you're yeah. You just want to buy time, really. Right, right. It feels sure. like, especially with like with the list I'm running currently, has like a sideboarded like Chandra Flame Caller mm -hmm. and just like random like big beaters, like big five mana plays that will win you the game. I think World of Virtuoso is key to bridge the gap from your mid game to your unbeatable end game. I guess my current pick for standard deck that I'm playing this weekend is definitely this teamer deck with Scarab God. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm definitely going to be doing some more testing moving forward. Um, I know that the blue-white approach deck is very popular with some people, but personally I tend to lean away from control decks, I think. So that might just be a preference thing. Sure. My pick for this weekend is also currently teamer Scarab God. Played it through a league. It felt fantastic. And I'm just going to keep playing it on Moto. I'm going to test more. Zan's telling me he really likes his approach decks and said I should run it through a league. And I'm like, fine, I'll try it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like not opposed to play like any any deck that has any form of interaction, I'll probably play. <laughs> I just like decks that like that are just like, all right. Again, like Bon and Burn. All right, Bolt ya. Uh, Eidolon. Uh, Monastery Sphere. Bolt ya or whatever. I just like don't like decks like that. Or like decks like I would never play scapeshift either. Just like, all right, <laughs> colony hard X. I would always like look at my hand and I'd yeah. probably always have like three colony hard expeditions when I only play two and be like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Judge. Wait a minute. Yeah. So I might try the blue white deck, but like I don't have high expectations for it. I like mm -hmm. this teamer deck. Yeah. I'll probably play it at the LCQ. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think that if we yeah, if we want to go deep on like predictions on local metagames as well. Uh, I think the LCQs are probably going to be pretty heavy on Mono Red. Yep. Just because that's kind of like the level zero deck right now that I mm -hmm. would expect most local players to pick up on. Um, and I think yep, I agree. Out of all of the decks that I've seen in Standard, I think Teamer has the best matchup against Mono Red. Um, mm -hmm. So there's Yeah, that. I played against Mono Red twice, and I was just like... <laughs> I... I uh, Game one, I uh, con got to a point where I controlled the game with Scarab God. Mm. And then game two was just like, removal spell, World of Virtuoso, Bristling Hydra. Oh, you're dead. No, yeah. weird. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that matchup is very good. But I I just want to make sure that nobody's takeaway is like, definitely don't play Mono Red. Oh, yeah, Mono Red is so great. Absurd. Yeah, yeah Mono Red is very, very good. Yeah, That but deck I is like... At that same PTQ, all of the seven and ones almost were mono red. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was pretty much just each of those guys probably ran into one of the team or energy decks that eight owed and beat everything else that they played against. Because a lot yeah. of people yeah. think that they beat mono red and and maybe yeah. mono red's a strong pick if you like if if people it's very good at beating the decks that are trying to next level the level one decks. Yes. Yes. Like, for sure. Very good at beating like blue white approach, and I still think it has it's passable against zombies and it's passable against black green. The deck's just so good at what it does. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, so I think that like, one of the consensus from like coming into this previous weekend was that zombies and black green just beat up on mono red, and I think that mono red just kind of proved that maybe not. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At, at best, they have like a 
55-ish percent sure. matchup. Yeah, it's right. definitely nowhere like 70-30. Yeah. I still think that Mono Red still is game, but Mono Red's better against everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like... Yeah, that's yeah, why just, I don't want to register those decks because I just feel like, well, if I want to register those decks, I'm just going to register Mono Red and just have an okay matchup against those. But if I play against other decks, I'm very confident in my ability to just like, all right, we'll kill you on turn six or whatever. Right. I mean, just think <laughs> about every deck that you're like thinking about brewing in a format from scratch in standard right now. Like every time I like start thinking of a couple cards I want to put in a deck, I like picture them in my head. And mm -hmm. then I picture like turn one Bomat Courier, turn two two Bomat Courier. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> so many cards. And then I then I realize that like oh I can't I can't play these cards because somebody's yeah. gonna do that to me. Right. <laughs> so that's that's what I got going on this weekend. And then I think there's a there's a limited Grand Prix in Indianapolis the following weekend. Yep, there's a limited uh, Denver is this weekend as long as we well, as well as. RLCQs and stuff. Right, right. Uh, and uh, the weekend after is Indianapolis, and then the weekend after is DC. Uh, yeah, I'm yep. looking forward to DC for sure. That should be a lot of fun. Yes. Hopefully, I'll be able to go to DC, but we'll we'll, we'll see. Right. See yeah. what I can do for sure. See what I can muster. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I I wish that those limited GPs were a little more accessible to me, but I mean I'm traveling right now, anyways. But boy, yeah, I miss I do miss playing limited a lot mm -hmm. at a at a competitive mm -hmm. level, and I've Hopefully get to do that a little bit more in the future. Yeah, I, I enjoy uh, Comp REL limited tournaments. I do enjoy them. Yeah. I, yeah. If somebody wants to start a draft open series, man, I will, you know, I'll be uh, you, said, you said that this past weekend. You're, you're like, I want draft opens back. That's yeah. all I want, man. That's, that's all I want. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, because I've been playing so much on the Star City series, I've been playing so much less limited, which I'm pretty sad about because I do love me some limited. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of like how I got into Magic in the first place. It's just through, like, drafts and sealed and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely has a soft spot for me, but um, uh, doesn't I don't get to play it too often anymore. Yep, we play we play the cards that they let us play. Right. Yeah. Or that. Yeah, I think that I like tournaments the most. So I'm just gonna play whatever right. you know, whatever tournament um, format there exists for that particular weekend for sure. Uh huh. Yep. Cool. Well, good luck to you guys with your standard testing. Yeah. Um, any yeah. any other things? Anything that's bugging anybody in the back of their head and want to make sure you get out there? Uh, <laughs> talked a lot about Jess guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I talked a lot about it. Yeah. Well, if you got any anything that you think you should have mentioned about it, feel free. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, make sure you choose your spots. Uh, that comes with a lot when you play against. Uh, when you play a lot of modern, like I did a lot of testing, you know where to pick your battles of being a control deck or where you want to turn the corner. Mm -hmm. And just make sure, just like, don't open yourself up to obvious, like, don't allow yourself to play too conservatively because I feel like that will cause you to lose a lot of games where you just play, like, your spell caller with no value. Because, sure. like, just dealing, like, four to six points of damage is usually going to be good enough. Right, right, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I think that covers everything for the most part. John, thanks for joining us here. No uh, problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah really appreciate it. For sure. Uh, I think that we're going to be looking into getting some some guests on in the future. 
Uh, so you you are, are an excellent Guess choice for our one? first one. Yeah. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> yeah. Guess number one. <laughs> we'll, we'll have you on for some like anniversary episode or something like that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> have, ever, have all the other guests on too. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right, John. Uh, yeah, keep top eight in tournaments. Don't stop here. I'll, all right, I'll try. All right, thanks for having me, guys. See you later. Yep, take right. it easy. Peace. And signing off, this has been the MTG Grindcast. Uh, good luck grinding. Yeah. Thank you.